right, thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. 3.41 is the time here on this Thursday, September the 23rd. Now, the Premier was available for uh, media questions this afternoon, spoke for a little more than half an hour about a number of different subjects. It was the first time that he was able to speak to the media since the federal election took place on Monday. So there was a wide array of different subjects that reporters wanted to get to. So I wanted to get uh, the opposition side on some of what he had to say here this afternoon. So I'm pleased to welcome to the program now Kamloops North MLA and, of course, B.C. Liberal House Leader Peter Millibar. Peter, how you doing here this afternoon? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate you taking the time, as always. So uh, a couple of things I wanted to get to, and I wanted to start with this issue around hospital staff and specifically nursing staff because he was asked about that today and you know kind of reiterated what was um what was said by health minister adrian dix i want to say it was a couple of weeks ago when was asked specifically about royal inland hospital and what's going to be done to help with the staffing situation right there and the answer essentially was look we, we created more nursing spaces at thompson rivers university we're going to be trying to encourage people to enter the health field we're going to be enhancing our training regimen that's all great and will help us into the future, but that does not help us now. And he didn't really have much of an answer or a solution to what we can do to improve our situation in the immediate. No, and in fact, it's, it's quite disingenuous to say that they've created more spaces at Thompson Rivers University. What, what they actually did and what the Premier needs to probably get better briefed on is they completed the construction of a nursing building that uh, was started under our government. Uh, it, it has considerable more space in it, but it only has the same number of seats funded right now uh, for training that it had previously in the old building. What the province needs to do in this upcoming budget is commit significant dollars to actually create meaningful uh, growth of those spaces up at Thompson Rivers University uh, so we can have those nurses trained in camels. You know, as we transition to the new building, as, as the emergency room goes through its renovation to double in size, uh, we need those nurses trained in Kamloops, and the timeline would be just about bang on for when we would actually need those nurses uh, with those two buildings uh, and renovations uh, coming online. One of the, the questions that was posed, and this is for stemming from the same response, but the question was asked, looking at what was going on in other provinces, trying to provide some incentives to attract specifically nurses, and, and the example of Quebec was used, and Premier Legault there was making some announcements about trying to incentivize nurses to move to Quebec to start take-up jobs in their hospitals there. Um, and, and, you know, is the, is the province of British Columbia going to be able to offer similar incentives? I mean, just before we get to some of what could potentially be offered or, or done to avoid nurses in B.C. moving, I mean, do you have fears about nurses who are currently stationed here in hospitals in British Columbia looking elsewhere and saying, man, I can get more money there and uh, also may not be quite as burdened with a, a staffing shortage if more people start moving to other places? Well, I think this is the overall problem is that the Premier keeps talking about they're, they're working on a plan. Uh, he won't tell us when that plan will be ready. He won't tell us uh, uh, what the plan is going to consist of in terms of how, how overreaching it's going to be for all types of healthcare professionals. And, and will there be actual deliverable timelines and dates uh, set into that plan that we can uh, assess and, and then judge the Premier by on his performance? Uh, I don't think we're going to see any of that. And, and that's a worry because over the last four years, uh, the Premier has tried to pretend that, that all is well in the health care system. It's gotten worse over the last four years, not better, uh, by any measurable uh, matrix you use. And uh, it's time for them to, to be a little more forthright with the public and actually start to share with us 
what these these so-called plans are. They can't just keep saying they're working on a plan. People actually need not only a plan, they need the deliverables and they need them now. Do, do we need to incentivize nurses either to A, move here or, or something to make sure that, that they stay here in, in British Columbia? Like, do you think we need to see... Uh, one of the things that Premier Horgan did say was we can't rely on, you know, our landscape in British Columbia. Yeah, we talk about beautiful BC and how great of a place it is to live. And yes, that is 110% true. Uh, but if, if you don't have enough money to actually live here, then you're probably going to look to move somewhere else. Do you think we need to have some other program or incentive in place to keep nursing and, and other healthcare workers in this province? Well, that's long been a problem with healthcare professionals across the, the healthcare spectrum. And it's all about trying to structure things uh, to make it an attractive place to work in, uh, in the province and specifically in the Kamloops region, uh, be it doctor recruitment, be it uh, nurses, uh, you know, respiratory techs, any of those types of, of positions uh, are in critical need. And, and again, this comes back to uh, this perpetual talk about a plan being worked on, uh, no mention of when the plan will actually be uh, available for, for public scrutiny, uh, for us to actually uh, dig into it and then say, is this plan even uh, based on reality or not? Uh, can it be acted on? Can it be delivered? And, you know, it's interesting. The Premier uh, now says BC uh, is beautiful, but it, that won't be the sole thing. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because when he talks cruise ships, apparently our beauty is the only reason we'll still have a cruise ship industry because he's taken no action on that file either. So he's, you know, he's a little all over the map. But frankly, uh, the more concerning thing uh, on his press event today was the fact that he seemed completely unaware uh, a, that police agencies uh, saw defunding of, of for naloxone kits from the province back in April, and B, uh, that the provincial supply of naloxone kits uh, seems to be depleted to the point where uh, they can't actually issue anymore to police agencies. Uh, that's a huge problem in the middle of a, of a pandemic or an opioid crisis uh, that the Premier was completely asleep at the switch on. And again, we're not going to see any accountability out of the province at this point as to how something like that so critical as we're seeing overdose numbers ever increasing, especially non-fatal overdose numbers. And that's non-fatal because of the naloxone kits. Uh, um, they, they have some pretty serious questions to answer on behalf of public safety. Uh, how the heck in the middle of an opioid crisis you can let your naloxone kit supply dwindle to the point that uh, we have none left? Well, that was the, the first question I believe he received here this afternoon. I think it was Rob Shaw who asked that question. You know, what's going to be going on here with this issue around naloxone kits, which I, you know, was not really aware of until I saw uh, a release come out from uh, the BC Liberal Caucus here talking about that concern. And, you know, that question then presented to the Premier today about what's going on to make sure naloxone kits are available. I mean, this is a, a vital piece of equipment or health uh, saving life-saving measure that we have in place here in this province. Now, you said the Premier kind of brushed things aside a little bit, and, you know, when I heard him do this response to this question, it sounded to me like, oh, I mean, it's it's he's aware of the problem. It doesn't sound like it's a huge issue. The province is going to take care of it. I mean, it's an issue, but, like, it's on their agenda. You obviously read things a little bit differently here, and maybe that's just because he was trying to ease any concerns that might stem from this particular uh, naloxone kit shortage that we're dealing with. 
But but as we've seen as, as a track record uh, now, uh, it, confusion reigns once very basic questions get asked of the, of the Premier. Um, I've reached out to, to Mayor Christian to find out what's going on with the local RCMP, and he's checking into that as well. Uh, we're not sure if this is just strictly impacting um, municipal forces, uh, as in like an Abbotsford police force mm-hmm. or a Victoria police force versus RCMP municipal forces. No one can seem to get a clean answer uh, from the Premier as to whether or not the defunding actually happened or not. Uh, early media reports with police agencies quoted in it was that their funding was cut back in April and they were having to go into their own budgets to try to find uh, the dollars to keep buying uh, naloxone kits. Then we hear from the Premier today, uh, oh, no, no, that's not the case. Uh, people are still funded. We just don't have any naloxone for them because we let our supplies run too low. Uh, either way, a horrible, horrible situation and the Premier trying to brush it aside does not change the fact that uh, we're, we're in the midst of ever-increasing overdose deaths and o- non-fatal overdose uh, uh, situations. Naloxone is a critical piece to that. And, and I think we can all agree that in, in most lots of cases, the, the police are the first agency to arrive. Uh, a lot of times ahead of fire, a lot of times ahead of ambulance. All first responders need proper access to naloxone. Uh, we need to know uh, how this was able to uh, get so low, our supplies, and, and what's the timeline uh, to restock them, and, and how will this not happen again? You have a Minister of Health, you have a Premier, and you have a Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, and a Solicitor General. None of them seem to know what the heck is going on when it comes to naloxone. How is that possible that four uh, of your cabinet, uh, all with some responsibility over this, uh, didn't have a proper answer today. Well, it's definitely um, uh, an important subject and one worth following up on, so I appreciate your comments on that, and I'll definitely take uh, some of those into some, some conversations hopefully I'll be able to have with it, be it, you know, Kamloops RCMP or or somebody of that ilk. One more um, um Subject I wanted to get to with you here, Peter, and that is in relation to these bubble zones that have been kind of a hot topic of conversation ever since we saw those uh, protests occurring, the anti-vaccine passport, the anti-vaccine mandate uh, protests that were occurring in front of hospitals at a number of different municipalities, including right here in Kamloops. I believe they were happening late in August. We saw another one kind of happen earlier on here in September. But really, the one that bothered me even more than those was what we saw in Salmon Arm last Friday when uh, we saw protesters entering schools. I don't know how anyone would think that is okay. But nonetheless, uh, aside from the the efficacy behind that, what do you think of uh, the, the province moving ahead with creating some kind of a, a bubble zone to make sure these types of activities, protests in schools and hospitals, are, are definitely, we know they're unwelcome, but to make them flat out illegal, do you think that's a move that should be made sooner than later as we see the uh, COVID-19, I don't know if we want to call them deniers or what the proper term would be, but as we see their voices sometimes get a little bit loud at points and these areas can become points of contention? Well, I think what we saw was, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that showed up to that first protest. The next one uh, was considerably smaller, and I think that's because uh, a large portion of the first protest realized um, it was quickly spinning out of control, and and, uh, it was not really uh, protesting what they thought they were protesting in the first place. Um, And so I think, uh, you know, broadly, I think the public agrees that, yes, you you have an absolute right to protest, uh, but you should not be, in the Nimo's case, uh, protesting and screaming and yelling uh, outside of a palliative care wing of the hospital while people and their family members are trying to, uh, um, you know, deal with with passing family members. We had uh, situations in Camels where people were blocked access to the hospital. 
and didn't make it in time to say goodbye to a loved one. Uh, those types of situations are, are completely unacceptable. Uh, we do need to figure out a, a way forward on this uh, that, that uh, says to people, look, you can go protest, but there's lots of places to protest that does not impact people's health care. Um, but the devil will be in the detail on how the province uh, actually moves this forward and, and how restrictive it is or not uh, in terms of uh, schools and hospitals. And so that's, I think, going to be the key. Um, you know, the history, again, has shown that when the Premier tries to move quickly on things, he, he tends to get bungled a little bit. So hopefully on something like this, they get it right the first time. Um, it withstands court challenges. Uh, it makes sure that uh, that uh, the intent of, of what was... Uh, what we saw has been met in terms of uh, not having those situations flare up again. And certainly people should never be uh, entering en masse into schools, especially, uh, you know, with younger children there. Um, you know, it's not the same as a university campus, which, uh, you know, breeds that type of, of conversation and, and back and forth of debate and, and protest and, and exchange of ideas. Uh, that's not what we're talking about here with universities. We're talking about actual schools with, with young children that, that can easily get uh, uh, frightened and wonder what the, what the heck is actually going on. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, lots more we could get to here, Peter, but unfortunately I think we're pretty much out of time. But thank you so much for joining me here this afternoon. Always enjoy getting you on the show and uh, um, lots to break down there. So thanks so much for this and we'll catch up again soon, I'm sure. You bet, anytime. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Kamloops North MLA and uh, BC Liberal House Leader Peter Millibar joining us here on NL Newsday this afternoon.